pushing a federal ban, a national ban on abortion. I want you to first help me understand why would he even be doing this, mm -hmm. right? They overturned Roe v. Wade. So for that portion of their base who wanted that, you got what you wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. Why do this? Republicans don't even support it across the board. He's dividing Republicans. It's not like you can get white evangelical voters to vote for you twice. <laughs> and now right. you're knocking out a ton of mm -hmm. other potential voters. And he's mm -hmm. ignoring what happened in Kansas. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, people. And in so you, many other swing states. Oh, I, I mean, know. Women and registering to vote. And the fact that he is telling women what to do with their bodies. He's never mm -hmm. seen a vagina. <laughs> He's never seen a naked woman. And he is telling me. Someone check that. Yeah, well, that's okay, a news organization. We don't know that for sure. Okay. We do not know that for sure. Judy, we would refer to that as an unconfirmed report. Okay. Right, that's I'm going to make an unconfirmed. Someone needs to find out. Someone I'm going to speculate. According to Judy Gold. That, if I could flip that, though. Yeah. As a, a married man who's got a wife and two daughters, mm. I don't want someone who's not married without a family mm. dictating oh, family same. policy. Mm. Well, and also, mm. even though I know that there are women who support uh, the ban on abortion and support the revocation of Roe v. Wade, it really makes me uncomfortable that a guy, that a oh, man, mm -hmm. th even in the, in the press conference, there he is in front with these two meek women standing behind him. Like, and Marco Rubio, don't forget. Oh, my God. And these are Do men. they want to have babies? Do they want to have No, babies? they're men who need Viagra. They don't, have, they don't even operate correctly. Right. Well, <laughs> you know that I like wrestling with life's big questions, like why do bad things happen to good people? Or better still, why don't more bad things happen to terrible people? <laughs> People, people like Florida governor and bodybuilder Florida governor and bodybuilder who always skips head day, Ron DeSantis. You'll recall that Governor DeSantis tried to score some cheap political points in Florida by dragooning people off the streets in Texas and smuggling to Massachusetts. Well, good news. We just found out that a Texas sheriff is investigating DeSantis's role in flying migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Hell yeah! Get him! You can catch it all on the new TV show, Walker, Texas, Florida. The truth is, there's a lot more Republicans out there taking credit for the new bridges and those boards that are collapsing than actually voted for it. I love going by and they're, you know, and this is a great thing. I voted against it, but this is a great thing. I mean, I wasn't listening. We were conversing a bit. But did I hear, and I think, did you say that, that a police officer was bludgeoned to death by the crowd at the January 6th riots? 
I said a police officer was bludgeoned to death. I did not say at the hands of whom, Mr. Bishop. Could, just, who are you referring to, if you don't mind yeah. saying? And get that information for you in a few minutes. Well, I, I just want to make sure because are, are, are you denying that Capitol Police that at least one Capitol Police officer was was murdered in the in the midst of what happened on January sixth? Yeah, I think I am denying. I mean, here's what I, I understood that there were reports early on that that Sicknick was struck with a fire extinguisher, and that subsequently was debunked as false. He died of natural causes that were not connected to the event. Are we talking about the same person, Sicknick, or are we talking about somebody else? Seriously, I mean, this, this is a genuine question. Yeah, the, me no, the medical I, examiner, the U.S. Capitol Police put out a report agreeing with the medical examiner finding the USCP officer Brian Sicknick died Mr. of natural Bishop, well, Just a, a, in a, an initial thought, and, and I know um, that Mr. Roy, you two are an attorney. Uh, Mr. Bishop speaks often about how brilliant of an attorney he is. Uh, you know, we're talking about but for causation of Officer Sicknick's death, and so I, I would hope that you would at least concede at a minimum that Mr. Sicknick died as a result of what happened on January 6th. And, and I'm disappointed if you would suggest otherwise, sir. Well, I, 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 was he, I mean, look, I, I don't think that's correct either, but just was he bludgeoned to death? Is that because I think Ms. Demings was even looking at, we were so devoche between me and her saying he was. I'm, I'm sincere as, as I can be. My understanding is that that was debunked, and, and Mr. Roy just read the medical examiner's information. Do, do you guys contend that he was bludgeoned to death? I, I contend that 138 Capitol and D.C. police officers were injured and that multiple Capitol police officers died oh, as a minute. direct just... result of what happened on January 6th. And I hope that you... It's your time. Under... You don't have to answer. I, 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 hope, I, hope, I hope you can, you can see how one would question the sincerity of, of, of such a minute point in the midst of the gravity of everything else. Would the gentleman happened. yield? Yeah. Would the gentlelady yield? Leaders in Congress, uh, like um, uh, Senator Schumer and uh, Speaker Pelosi, as well as their Republicans that want to work with them, where we have been able to step by step by step push these bills through. And so um, I think so many times people counted us out, but we want to make clear we've got the backs of the American people. And while we have clear disagreements, we don't want, if the Republicans take charge, a number of them have been talking about an abortion ban. You guys know that. You featured on the yeah. show. That's why we've got to win this midterm. We just did something about climate change for the first 
first time in decades. That's why we've got to win this as that hurricane bears down on Florida. We got to win in the midterms. We understand that. But none of that has stopped us from deciding we're going to put our differences aside and get some things done. That is what that vote is today in the Rules Committee, um, where you're going to see a strong bipartisan support, a very good hearing for changes to the Electoral Count Act. Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar, thank you for being on this morning. Great to see you. Can you tell us what this is and what effect climate change has on this phenomenon? Well, we can come back and talk about climate change at a later time. I want to focus on the here and now. We think the rapid intensification is probably almost done. There could be a little bit more intensification as it's still over the warm waters of the uh, eastern Gulf of Mexico, but I don't think we're going to get any more rapid intensification. If you look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eye wall forming around the inner eye wall, and that's basically the second eye wall has overtaken the original eye wall, and that should arrest development. Uh, so listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that, that is happening now? Because it seems these storms are intensifying. That's the question. Here. I don't think you can link climate change to any one event. Okay. On the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but uh, to link it to any one event, um, I, I would caution against that. Okay. Well, they, uh, listen, I grew up there, and these storms are intensifying. Something is causing them to in intensify. So this storm is just, it's a massive one. Its effects are also being felt uh, in the southern part of Florida. What about the areas that, that may not be taking a direct hit or experiencing the storm surge like on the west coast? How much will the rest of the state be impacted? Yeah, that's actually a good question because um, we flip out to this other graphic. You can see uh, this orange area is the size. So if you think about how big the wind field is, and you can just see how big that wind field is relative to traditional hurricanes. And as that moves up and over the Florida Peninsula into the southeast United States, you can see this big area, uh, blue area of tropical storm warnings. Um, so it's really going to be a big event for not just and welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. Wow, I screwed the lead-in out. It's the 28th of September, Year of Lord, 2022, episode 628. Great intro. We're talking about uh, the sexuality of a Republican. Thought that was wrong. Biden bumbling, still saying Sisnick died. And Nancy Pelosi again booed. But then, of course, you just saw two liberals... One's a media person, one is Klobuchar, vote Democrat, you won't have hurricanes, and him lying. So before we even go into the show, which today we're going to cover the fetal heartbeat, we're going to cover fascism and some ash and trash and before, lies by the media. Understand, in the last 50 years, there's been six hurricanes taking this route. Before then, there were 15. And if you were smart enough, and remember, we were told in Katrina that we were going to have fives, level five hurricanes, killing all the time. There'll be so many, you won't be able to run for them. We're going to be underwater. And it's not happening. None of it's happening. But <clears throat> because they're all fascists, they're going to run with this shit. This is how they roll.
I, 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 I expect it, but then I'm surprised by it. And we are sitting here in a country today that a man ran over a kid and killed him, and he's free on the street. But we still have people locked up. They're locked up, probably forever. For parading. I mean, I say forever because it's two years, folks. We haven't even gone to trial yet. They're playing it. They even had to do articles that he wasn't an extremist, so they don't even know what the guy was talking about. So I want to start with a montage of fascist shit and then talk about it because I've said it for years, but now it's like not me in my tinfoil hat. I'm here at a Democratic rally. We're making real progress. We passed the Inflation Reduction Act to bring down costs, the bipartisan infrastructure law to rebuild America, the American Rescue Plan to bring our economy back, and so much more. But the extreme MAGA Republicans want to take it all back. You know, they're talking about cutting Social Security and Medicare, banning abortion access across the country. We need to elect Democrats this November and fight back and keep moving forward for the American people. So join us. We need you. Please join us. Following up on your uh, topper, does President Biden favor any limits on abortion? We've been very, very clear here. Um, since you're talking about my topper, I was talking specifically about Senator Lindsey Graham. And, and your position on his plan is clear. 15 weeks speaking, is unacceptable. I was, I was speaking to directly to what Republicans are trying to do. So they are calling. They are calling for a national ban, uh, which takes us backwards. Uh, which will, which will, weeks, right? it's a national ban which will take us backwards and will put, put at risk the health of women. I'm not going to get into specifics here. I'm just going to lay out what, what they have said that they're going to why, do. Why not get into specifics? The Republicans are saying we don't want abortion after 15 weeks. Why can't you say how many weeks a president so, thinks So, as you know, as you know, uh, Kevin McCarthy put out the GOP agenda. I'm not asking no, about Kevin McCarthy. I'm, I'm asking about I'm Joe Biden and, and his position on abortion. How Peter, many weeks? Peter, I'm answering your question. What Republicans are trying to do is take us backwards. They're trying to take away the rights and freedoms of Americans. So we should really listen to what Republicans are trying to tell us. And, and that's what and, we and, are speaking out and, against, and, and that's what we're going to talk about, about the national ban that Republicans are continuing, are, continuing to push when majority of Americans do not want that. We are all covering I, the Republican okay. plan. I'm just, go why ahead, can't go you ahead. say how many weeks for Biden? No, no, go ahead. I answered, I answered you your question. You go ahead, go ahead. Yelling at, at kids because they have masks on to protect themselves, suing cruise lines how, because they would dare to try to stop COVID from getting on the ships with the passengers. I mean, the things that he does don't have like policy priorities. They definitely, to me, feel more like sort of 1960s era, you know, whipping up a, 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 you know, a mob at the University of Mississippi because James Meredith was coming and then cheering it on as four people are killed in that mob, right? I mean, it does feel like he's that kind of retro politician. My question is is what does it say about our country that that's so effective? I mean, I think it says that we have a system uh, that 
is counter-majoritarian and it rewards a specific coalition that has ideally geographically distributed to exploit, uh, you know, the elector to win the electoral college or to control the Senate. And because of that, it is very important for the party that represents this coalition uh, to make sure that they always feel like they are on the verge of apocalypse, that they're being threatened by these people who are different from them. And when you're in that kind of situation, you're, you you think you're back to the wall. You think you're, your back is to the wall. You think that, you know, the apocalypse is nigh. Then you are willing to do um, crazy things or cruel things because you're thinking, well, I'm doing this to defend myself. This is for my survival. I'm trying to save the country. And that gives you license. That gives you license to be cruel in this particular way. And I think that's why, you know, when you see these Donald Trump or DeSantis giving these sort of outlandish speeches where like the liberals are doing this and the liberals are doing that, and it's some sort of crazy, insane conspiracy, the point is to make these people afraid so that they are willing to justify cruel acts towards people that they see as threatening them, even if all those people want to do is come to this country and try to have a better life. No, I mean, you, 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 you write about this and you talk about this, the fact that, I mean, lynchings were like a, a party, right? You know what I mean? And it was the act of being cruel together. It wasn't just doing the violence, but it was the license to do violence and the license to do violence together. So there is this horrible American tradition of this. And, and I, I just wonder if there's... Maybe this is not our first conversation about what is a CEO's role in political issues. What do we do when it comes to actually making something happen that supports our employees? The number one thing is we must have our employees back. You know, and I know, we are dealing with a whole series of crazy presidents, crazy governors, crazy mayors all over the world, in every country, in every city, in every state. The number one thing I can do is let my employees know I'm here for them and I will 100% support them. And if they're not happy where they are, you're right. Mark, who is crazy? I'm really talking about all of the situations that I've had to go through over the last decade, especially, where our, our employees will contact me and say something just is not right. You know the story, for example, in Indiana. You know, we're the largest tech employer in Indiana. And I was going to bring up Indiana because, Mark, for people who don't know, in 2015, you threatened to not just relocate employees. In 2015, you threatened to pull all of Salesforce out of Indiana because of a law that would discriminate against LBGTQ uh, people. And and you won that fight. And they didn't end up enacting that law. Is that something you're considering now in, in states restricting abortion or outlawing abortion to not just offer to relocate people, but pull, pull Salesforce, pull resources? We actually just said, if you're going to discriminate against our employees, we're not going to be able to set up shop there. And when we said that, 200 other companies the next day, the largest companies in the United States, all said, we agree, we have to support our LGBTQ communities as well. Look, we have to be for equality. We have to be for dignity. We have to be for the equality and dignity of every human being. And if you're not for equality and dignity, then, you know, this is not something that I can work with, and we're going to have to exit your city or your state, just as we have in many places.
So you have Biden once again doubling down. We must root out our opposition because they're evil. You have a press secretary. I could have picked, does Biden think uh, cities are safe? Every question is not answered. They don't have to answer it. They ignore us. They don't give the information. We never know what the president thinks because they don't know what they think because they're running it, not him. I pick Joy Reid. I could play a hundred sound bites of evil shit. The first soundbite you heard today was talking about a senator, a longstanding senator. I don't like him, but he's a senator and he's never seen a vagina. You got the CEO again. You got people out there talking about Christianity and rooting them out. And you have a freak literally preparing for the civil war they want. And everywhere you pick something up, per ice source, the man charged in the fatal hit and run of Peleus County, Florida, Deputy Michael Hartwick on Thursday is in the U.S. illegally. The sheriff said he crossed the Eagle Pass, Texas in October, was expelled, and he came back again, and he died. That's one of the things we talk about. There are so many people dying from hit and runs. There's so many people dying from a DUI, fentanyl, everything that's happening from these immigrants, it's not the same, sorry folks, as when our families migrated here. We migrated legally. And then you get Providence, Rhode Island, or Providence Journal, Journal. this is what's going up in almost every town. We strongly support and encourage all forms of immigration, especially illegal immigration, indeed, and donate to Joe Biden's party for this exact reason. However, beautiful island home of Martha's Vineyard is very small, and the mansions have very expensive artwork, Persian rugs, and unchlorinated saltwater swimming pools that are very difficult to clean. For these reasons, we cannot accept any undocumented Americans at this time, and especially ask they be sent to the working class community they can enrich with their global diversity and romantic poverty. Thank you for your understanding they don't want nothing to do with it they want to set the laws they want to enrich the world they want green energy but just not in their neighborhood because it's ugly they want unfettered immigration but they don't want them in their areas it is September 2022, the sordid saga of Hunter Biden's laptop. That's New York mag. They just covered it and put it on the cover. New York mag. Folks, that's in fucking sane. Everything we talk about in here. What about Trump? For five years, but Trump was the answer for every violent thing the left did, every crappy things they said, every failing Biden had on the campaign trail, but Trump. Well, now we're flipping it. Well, if this was Trump, and they run, nobody's running this. And it's the truth. Biden gave a speech and a guy did what he asked. 20 stories in the New York Times. They don't mention this. Nor do they mention Ruth's revenge. We don't hear about that. 
We don't even cover it. They've not even been investigating. Our mainstream media doesn't cover this. Those are people for Abbott. Volunteers. Cars. That's just one picture. Cars were vandalized. By lefties. That's not in the news. We're not going to cover that. Why would we? We have reporters going around doing this. This guy's going to lose his job. That's what's going to happen. This is on a Fox website. It's a local news. San Francisco firefighter wears Let's Go Brandon shirt while on duty. And now we have him raiding a pro-life father's house. The story was his kid and him went to an event and one of the counter-protesters pushed his kid back. So he pushed the guy off his kid and then called the police. He got investigated by the FBI. This man. For what? Pushing an anti-lifer, as I like to call him. Then we have Cheney and Hillary. going to play this before we go on our FBI segment. Do you remember a losing president talking this much? What do you think of her? <laughs> and, let me, and let me ask the question directly. I think I know the answer. Will you vote for her? No. Um, you know, I, uh, Harriet's a member of the Wyoming State Bar. And... She's sworn an oath to the Constitution as a member of the Wyoming State Bar. Yeah. And she continues to um, make the assertion that somehow the 2020 election was stolen um, and uh, says many of the same things that have resulted in people like Rudy Giuliani um, having his license suspended. Uh, and, and I know that she knows better. Uh, and I think that... You know, there are many people around this country who are making claims they know not to be true, and I, I don't think anybody should vote for any of them. Okay. Should, should Kevin McCarthy be speaker? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Just fine. Um, you think I, I say that yeah. because um, the Speaker of the House is the second in line to the President. Yep. The presidency after the vice president and at every single moment when you know our time of testing came and Kevin had to make a decision about what he was going to do he's made the politically easy for him or the politically expedient decision instead of what the country needed right and and I think that you know somebody who's going to be that close to the presidency needs to be somebody who's faithful right. to the Constitution do I remember as a, as a young student, you know, trying to figure out how did people get basically um, drawn in by Hitler? How did that happen? And I'd watch newsreels and I'd see this guy standing up there ranting and raving and people 
shouting and raising their arms. I thought, what's happened to these people? Why did they believe that? You saw the rally in Ohio the other night. Trump is there ranting and raving for uh, more than an hour, and you have these rows of young men with their arms raised. I thought, what is going on? So there is a uh, real pressure, and I think, I think it is fair to say we're in a struggle between democracy and autocracy. Nazis, huh? Well, let's, let's look at what just happened for an FBI agent that whistleblowed. And in our, in our country, whistleblowers are supposed to be protected. This guy's fucked. Thanks, Tucker. Well, I learned that Stephen Friend, FBI special agent still serving, who was suspended on Monday, is an American hero. Uh, you know, he had the dream job. He's been with the FBI for 12 years. He's a SWAT team member. But he just could not live with his conscience after he was dragged off these very important child um, porn, child exploitation, human trafficking investigations that he was working on and put on these really bogus January 6 cases that just serve to, uh, I guess, back up the rhetoric that we're hearing from the White House that domestic terrorism is the, the worst uh, threat to America um, since the Civil War. And so uh, he could see from on the ground how the FBI Washington field office was manipulating these cases to try and uh, expand and pretend that the, the problem was bigger than it was. And he also uh, didn't want to participate in SWAT raids on um, people who had just uh, were being, you know, accused of misdemeanors at worst, uh, innocent American citizens. And, uh, you know, it, they were being told to investigate people who hadn't even gone to Washington, D.C. that day. In one case, a man had been at his son's funeral that day, uh, yet he had FBI agents knocking on his door. People were being surveilled. Um, this is just such an abuse of their civil rights. And Steve Friend stood up and said, I will not do this. He did everything the right way. He complained to his uh, all his supervisors. He told them what FBI rules were being violated and what policies were not being followed and what constitutional rights of American citizens were being abused. And he was ignored. He was threatened. And he's now, this afternoon, filed a whistleblower complaint with the Inspector General, Michael Horowitz. Um, and he's also been talking to Senator Chuck Grasley and some of the Republicans uh, about his complaints. And he um, is there. You see his photograph online, 37-year-old man, father of two young children. Uh, it took a lot of courage to do this at great risk to himself and uh, blowing up a career he loved. Folks, we, we have fucking Christian establishments getting vandalized every fucking day of the week. Nobody's doing anything. This, uh, Greg Price, this Biden DOJ is fully weaponized against his political enemies. The most horrific case yet might be the story of a Catholic activist from a hometown who had 30 FBI agents sent to his house yesterday to arrest him in front of his wife and seven kids. Totally unnecessary. It's a local thing. But because it was next to a abortion center, they protect it. They're for that. FBI hero paying the price for exposing unjust persecution of conservative Americans. Articles everywhere. They're not going to covet. His FBI supervisors immediately threatened retaliation and then made good on it. the threats. He, was, he has now been suspended without pay while the FBI reviews his security clearance. He's going to get fired. Article from Town Hall. The violent extremist Democrats don't want you to know about. 
and it lists everything I'm already talking about. Antifa, Jane's Revenge. It's everywhere. And then you get to immigration. And I think Tucker really succinctly covers what they're doing at the border. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, happy Monday. Some medical news for you off the top. Last month, the CDC issued a press release that begins this way, quote, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is expanding the requirement for a negative COVID-19 test to all air passengers entering the United States. Testing before and after travel is a critical layer to slow the introduction and spread of COVID-19. The strategy is consistent with the current phase of the pandemic and more efficiently protects the health of Americans. Got that? It's all about the health of Americans. And that's why every human being who enters this country by air must first present a negative test for the coronavirus. That includes American citizens. There are no exceptions. Corona infection, in fact, is the one universal reality of the human condition. We are all potential incubators of this deadly violence, vi virus. But it doesn't end there. Travelers who test negative for COVID must still wear masks at all times. And that includes while on board the airplane or while walking through the airport. If you don't have a mask on, you had better be actively chewing. Otherwise, prepare for a steep fine and the possibility of never flying again. Nor is one mask necessarily enough. Tony Fauci has announced we ought to consider wearing three masks at once, a paper petticoat for your face. That's how serious our government is about fighting this global pandemic. But of course, you knew that. You've watched it. You know that the risk is imminent and profound enough that your children likely have been out of school for a year. Your business may be shut down right now. Your parents may have died alone, unable to hold your hand in the final days. The United States itself bears no resemblance to the place you once knew 12 months ago. But those are the sacrifices you have been asked to make, and you have, and for good reason. COVID is dangerous. It's existentially dangerous, they keep telling us. The authorities are more than willing to destroy your family and your country in order to protect you from this virus. That's their public position, stated every day. Do they actually mean it when they say it, though? Those pictures of California Governor Gavin Newsom eating a maskless dinner in a crowded room at the most expensive restaurant in America were one indication that, no, maybe they're not entirely sincere about their COVID policies. Maybe it's kind of a sham. Maybe there's one standard for you, a member of the despised and much bullied plebe class, and another very different standard for politically favored groups who can do whatever they want. Now, you'd hate to think that could be true in a country like this a country with such a long and noble history of egalitarianism and equality under the law. Unfortunately, there has been growing evidence of that double standard. Now there's hard proof. Tonight we've learned the Joe Biden administration is releasing thousands of foreign nationals living here illegally into American neighborhoods without bothering to test them for the coronavirus. People from countries with high infection rates living in crowded conditions sent forth into the American population like COVID isn't real. That's happening. It is the official policy of the U.S. government. On Friday, the White House was asked about this policy, and here was the response. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection is saying that they're having to catch and release some migrants without giving them any kind of, of COVID test uh, before they're entering the community. So what, what is being done? What could be done? 
are you are you suggesting they're letting people in across the border without testing them or to tell me a little bit more they're being released they're having to because of the uh executive order that the president signed earlier this week which, which executive which one yeah which one covid infected illegal aliens released into the united states whatever it's not like there's a pandemic the press secretary didn't care enough to answer the question. No big deal. Can I remind you that our Treasury Secretary is a woman? Shut up. You've been empowered. But people who know the details of what is going on right now feel very differently, and they are worried. Brandon Judd runs the Border Patrol Union. We do not test the illegal aliens we release, Judd told the show. Quote, so we're releasing people without knowing, which obviously puts the public at risk. Well, yes, it obviously does. Leon Wilmot is the sheriff of Yuma County, Arizona. Last week, he wrote a letter to one of his senators, Democrat Kirsten Sinema. Wilmot called the Biden administration's new policy, quote, a particularly dangerous approach. As he put it, quote, there is currently no protocol for testing any of these people for the COVID-19 virus, nor is there any support being offered by the federal government to house, feed, medically treat, or transport these immigrants. And that's why, in some places, taxpayers are paying for foreign nationals who should be deported to live in hotel rooms unlike you. They're not paying for your hotel rooms. But if that seems crazy, disconnected from reality, it is a small part of the Biden administration's immigration policy, a policy that seems designed to hurt the United States as profoundly as possible. In an internal memo sent last week, ICE officials announced the administration is suspending something called Operation Talent. That operation targeted sex offenders, but no more. Illegal alien sex offenders are now a protected class. Then a day after that, another internal ICE memo announced that, quote, effective immediately, the Biden administration would stop deporting illegal aliens who've been convicted of drug offenses, assault, DUI, money laundering, property crimes, fraud, tax evasion, or who have gang tattoos. Going forward, any illegal alien charged with a crime but not yet convicted of a crime would also be safe from deportation. So what does all of that mean in practice? Well, it means, for example, that an MS-13 member arrested for drug dealing with previous convictions for, say, theft, extortion, grand larceny, would have to be released back into the United States, maybe into your neighborhood, even if he had been deported many times before. That's not some crazy hypothetical, by the way. Things like that will happen. A foreign national charged with rape, but who flees before trial, and that happens quite a bit, cannot be deported either. Technically, he hasn't been convicted of rape. So deporting him would be an act of bigotry, and so on. This is all real, and we will see cases like that guaranteed. The question is motive. Why are they doing this? Even if you thought the United States badly needed more low-skilled workers in the middle of an employment crisis, even if you believe that, even if you believe that your right to cheap housekeeping is more important than the right of the American middle class to exist, and many of our leaders emphatically do believe that, how exactly do you explain suspending the hunt for sex offenders? How is that a good idea for anyone? How is it a good idea to release illegal aliens in the middle of a pandemic without even testing them for the coronavirus? How does all of that conceivably help you as an American, as someone who pays for all of this stuff? Well, of course, it doesn't help you, but helping you is not the point. No one's even pretending the point of this was to help you. It's the opposite. The point is to punish you. When we release people who break our laws without even bothering to test them for the virus, the same virus we've used as a pretext for wrecking your life, what we're really saying in the clearest possible terms is, we don't like you. This isn't a policy, it's an act of aggression. 
It's designed to humiliate you and demoralize you. Reckless and destructive immigration policy is the penalty you are paying for your white supremacy. It's almost too dark to believe that's their motive, too dark to believe it's real, but it is. And over on MSNBC, they're saying it out loud. Underscoring all of this, as we talk about this racial reckoning, is xenophobia, is racism, is white supremacy. What, how, when, when, when you separate brown children, especially from their mothers, we have to ask ourselves, how was that allowed to, be, to happen? And how, what role did white supremacy play in that? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's at the root of, of all of these conversations. It's not the root of all these conversations. It's a smokescreen. None of these conversations have anything to do with race whatsoever. It's about protecting the American population, period. One of the most important parts of keeping a country anything together is fairness. And all they do is pick sides. You got a college degree and I want you to vote for me? You get free money, even though it's totally illegal. He has no right to do it. You want to vote for me? I'll let you come to the country illegally. I won't even apprehend you. I'll let you just go all, all over the country. In fact, I'll provide that for you. I'll give you phones. I'll give you free money. And you and I, you're not getting shit. Because you're not in the groups they like. And in the last couple podcasts, we have talked how the establishment will come together the cabal of woke and protect people for saying stupid fucking shit. Well, Stacey Abrams said stupid fucking shit. It's pretty astounding how quickly they circled the wagons. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. Wait, so you guys have to see this. Have you heard about this? So this morning, we wanted to show you. <laughs> I'm trying to change talking. the subject. Some amazing baby faces. Look at this. So researchers in Brit Britain wanted to know if babies in the womb react when the mom ingests a flavor of food. And this is what they saw. Do you want to guess what was on the left? Um, so the left is a, a baby in its resting state. Okay. And then on the right, you see how he smiles 20 yeah. minutes? The mom ate some carrots. Oh. On the left were they. That was just a resting state. That was a resting, but, but he liked the carrots. She had like a carrot oh, pill. So were there other foods? Yes, there were other foods. I'm glad you asked. You want to look at this baby's sure. reaction before? Mom had, <laughs> mom had kale. Wow, wow. So here's the thing. The what about if mom had had ice cream? I don't know. Why, why would they go Why would they go with, Let me with explain. carrots and vegetables? So the SETI's co-author says the images could just show muscle movements when a baby's reacting to maybe a flavor that's bitter. So you shouldn't interpret it whether, you know, it's happy or distaste. No, I think that's how I do it. Yeah. Because once they get out of the womb, it's that same look. Yeah, yeah. it's the same look. That's not adorable, funny. though. But it just goes to show, you know, what you ingest. Yeah, yeah. you are what you eat. And the 3D also. imagery is pretty just cool. Really they didn't really have cool. that when I was pregnant. No. Did you get 3D? Yeah, I got 3D. And really? Then, honestly, Ollie and Rusty look exactly like they do the 3D in 3D images? Well, I guess that's supposed to be how it works. And my kids so. had chalk drawings. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I did there is I put her comment that it is a manufactured sound, which is the most absurd thing you've ever seen in your life. And the same day, the Today Show ran what 3D imaging shows when a baby tastes something or the mother eats something. Kessler instantly did fact checks. I'm not going to read them. Fuck that shit. I'm not fucking reading that shit. Came right out and just said, hey, she's right. When she's 100% wrong. 
Twitter vigorously election meddling on behalf of Democrats now includes getting full flat earther and pushing abortion extremist Stacey Abrams. Actually, babies don't have hearts conspiracy theory. It was a trend. They put it up because they wanted everybody to hear it. Molly Hemingway, for the purpose of mockery, someone needs to keep track of every single propagandist who comes even close to pushing the babies don't have hearts conspiracy theory. This is journalist flat eartherism, and it must be mocked. Feel free to post examples. I can't do it all. New York Times, uh, WAPO, every major media had somebody come out and say, hey, she's right. The problem was Planned Parenthood had up there that at 10 weeks a baby has a heartbeat. That very day, they edited their site. So who's the fascist? Here's a physician that actually does ultrasounds. Georgia Democrat Stacey Abrams said, and I quote, There is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. Well, me, as a woman, and as a woman physician who does this for a living, would like to explain to everybody that when we create um, and listen to the heartbeat of a embryo, which we can do as early as uh, five weeks, of conception, uh, five weeks after LMP, um, what we are hearing is the Doppler signal of blood flowing in one direction and then in the other. And that's what we see when we put our uh, cursor over the em- embryonic heart. Uh, we watch the blood, we can see the blood, we can see the blood flow on color Doppler, red and blue and red and blue as it changes directions. And we can watch the valves flutter and we can watch the, the walls of the heart uh, also move as the baby's heart beats. Um, interestingly, uh, fetal heart rate is much faster than mom's. That's how we know we've found the baby's heartbeat. The mom's heartbeat might be um, in the 80s or the 70s and the babies will be at 150 or 160 beats per minute. So um, Stacey Abrams is wrong. Uh, this is not just a manufactured thing. This is science. Uh, it's called the science of Doppler. Doppler signals. It has to do with sound waves. It's all very complicated, but very beautiful. Of course it's real. Anybody who's had a baby knows it. Hashtag Stacey Mabry's conspiracy theories trend after Stacey A's break claims in the entire world, even pro-lifers. Or pro-choice people said, yeah, they have it. Blue Check Journal defends Stacey Abrams' dishonesty. Glenn Kessler, Gang Cluster, Garance Frank Reuters, she did it. A long thread. There, I'm not even, I'm not going to read it. It's fucking flat eartherism. Then, of course, Nancy Pelosi comes out and for the women. And and didn't he also be part of a, a, motion, a, a movement to repeal the 19th Amendment for women to have the right to vote. What do I think of that? I think I hear something like that every day around here. When people say that women shouldn't be able to make their choices about contraception or their own reproductive health, that's a sign of disrespect for women. Democracy, you're talking about integrity of borders 
and you're talking about America's role in the world being uh, very, very respected, and we're very proud of our president for the role that he played in bringing people together, listening to them, having collaboration, not condescension. Thank you, President Biden. Everything is a fucking lie. Integrity, border integrity. Here's all the media media outlets pretending babies don't have heartbeats. NPR, Atlantic, Business Insider, HuffPost, Jezebel, Live Science. Is a fetal heartbeat really a fetal heartbeat at six weeks? The New York Times, New York Magazine, NPR, Texas Tribune, Washington Post, Wired. This right here is how the CNN handled it. They never included Democrat or Republican in it. Tennessean, our local paper, literally Vanderbilt clarifies gender-affirming care policies amid conservative... It's a Republican's pounce. Republicans pounce. And while all this is happening, and nobody's investigating shit that's going on or hurting anybody, uh, WAPO, colleges to provide counseling over climate anxiety, and our media for our media jerk-off, it's all fucking lie after lie after lie with spin because it's election time. To get here. And Republicans talk every day against communism and against socialism. And yet they have no conscience and no qualms about using victims of communism and socialism as political pawns and a political stunt to get them the base out. That is inhumane. It is unconscionable. It is heartless. It is cruel. And I'll tell you what it is not. It is not Christian. So for all of those Republicans including Ron DeSantis, telling me he is putting on his armor of God. How dare you bring up Christian values? How dare you go against communism and use these victims of communism for your political gain? Well, that's what's so interesting to me, that there are so many um, Latinos that vote Republican because they vote against their own self-interest. If you really are interested in these types of issues, mm-hmm. then you're a Democrat. But that being said... I- And in 41 states, plus the District of Columbia, the average gasoline price is less than $2.99. Turning to how the U.S. is handling the migrant crisis, a record number of migrants are being apprehended at the border. Manuel Bajorquez has been reporting from a processing center in El Paso. That's where some asylum seekers hope they will be among those allowed to stay in the U.S. These are their first steps into the United States. Migrants arrive here sometimes nervous, often exhausted, but hopeful. So you see hope and opportunity not only for you but for your family that's left behind. Tu familia que queda atrás. Fabricio Hoyos has been traveling for a month, almost a month on the road. Casi un mes, seven countries, siete países. A dangerous journey from Venezuela, where he says others died along the way. The migrants' processing happens under this bridge next to the border. This is the initial screening and vetting, as you will, where we uh, medically screen, identify, classify them. This mobile processing center is seeing an average of 1,500 migrants a day, about half of them from Venezuela. 
How does that change the equation for you? Well, uh, unlike the, the Mexicans and Central Americans that we can process under the CDC authority of Title 42, we are having to process the people coming from Venezuela and Cuba and Nicaragua under our Title 8 authorities. Meaning they're usually released and allowed to request asylum, a process that typically takes years to complete. But not everyone is allowed in. CBP says more than 1.3 million migrants were deported or expelled so far this year. Uh, so this morning, police in North Dakota say a man has confessed to fatally hitting a teenager with his car after a political argument. CNN's Adrian Broaddus is live in Chicago with more. Adrian, tell us what happened here. Well, Brianna, unlike that story John just shared with us, this driver did not return to the scene. And authorities are saying, at least at this point, there's no evidence showcasing there was a political argument before that teen was killed. Here's what we do know. 41-year-old Shannon Brandt has been charged with criminal vehicular homicide. Now, he did call police and told investigators he hit a pedestrian. He was later arrested at his home for driving under the influence. His blood alcohol content was above the legal limit. He did consent to a breath test at his home. He told investigators he feared that teen was calling people to come get him. By contrast, those who knew the teen say they were surprised to hear all of this unfolded. It's just impacted the community like nothing I've ever seen before. So what bothers me and a lot of people the most is it has become something political, which it shouldn't be. This is nothing more than a person who took another person's life. And this morning, that family is trying to figure out what exactly happened and why. It's unclear if the teen and the 41-year-old who was charged knew each other. Brianna. All right, Adrian, so many questions here. Less than 50 days to the midterms, Latino voters are more coveted than ever, including right here in Battleground, Nevada, where they're expected to make up one out of every five voters. Republicans optimistic, with more Latinos shifting to the GOP in 2020. Washoe County resident Cindy Martinez says she's voting Republican this year, blaming Democrats for soaring inflation and a weakening economy. I have to pay more to fill my tank, and I don't have enough to feed my family. That's not a political issue. That is a survival issue. Republicans proudly tout Myra Flores, a Latina Republican who recently won a Democratic-held House seat in largely Hispanic South Texas. Jesus Marquez is organizing Latinos behind GOP Senate candidate Adam Laxalt. Latinos are mad. They're angry at the Democratic Party. Though Republicans still have their work cut out for them. One poll showing Democrats lead by 24 points nationally among Hispanic voters. Economic issues, their top voting concern. In Nevada, the race for Senate is a toss-up. Democrats' hopes resting on incumbent Catherine Cortez Masto, the only Latina ever elected to the Senate. Why are more Latinos preferring the Republican side. What is happening in Nevada? I can only tell you what I know in Nevada and the Latinos that I talk to may be different than the Latinos you're talking to, uh -huh. is that they are looking for somebody that understands the challenges. 
As women register in unprecedented numbers to vote in the midterms, clearly energized by the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, the new term of the Supreme Court is almost upon us, and with the court facing unprecedented scrutiny. Many women in particular are questioning the legitimacy of the conservative majority's decisions. So you begin the court with this extraordinary day, this oral argument in the Hellerstedt case, a Texas Solicitor General arguing for Texas on new restrictions placed on abortion, 2016, I think it was. Tell me about what you call the last truly great day in the Supreme Court. It was a day that felt like we were so close that after centuries of trying to achieve not even parity, something close to parity, the idea that finally you had three women on the bench and you had women oral advocates and nobody was going to silence these women. There's an amazing moment in the audio where Ruth Bader Ginsburg more or less gently turns to Chief Justice Ron Ro John Roberts and says, you're gonna give her a little more time now. And John Roberts goes, okay, a little more time. And it's just this moment of women, their power, their identity, their stories are being told at the court. And for me, it just felt like this triumphal, we're close, we're not there, but we're close. And then Justice Stephen Breyer, who I always think of as really the fourth radical feminist in that opinion, writes this opinion that is so solicitous of women's health, their interests, their families, their economic interests. He says, no more lying. If you're going to close clinics, you can't do it with the pretext that you're putting their health first. It's an amazing day. And then it all, within a few months, falls away. And then we have Texas leading the way in these extraordinary restrictions. Um, the bounty system, all the rest. Yeah, one, in succeeding one year years. ago, one year ago, that SB8, that vigilante bill, uh, was blessed by the Supreme Court in the shadow docket without real reasoning. One year ago, if you were reading the tea leaves, it was clear that the court was going to nullify Roe and they were going to do it without even regard for who was being harmed. And so, yeah, it happened so fast. And you're right, Texas has been at the vanguard of making sure. And what's such a great bookend for all of this is this following trailer. I watched this. It's about conspiracy theories. We live Democrat once every day. Listen for it. Do you hear anything about Democrats? A conspiracy theory is a theory that there is someone bigger that is pulling the strings. There are wealthy, powerful families that control everything. The Nazis are coming, they're here. Our elections were stolen. You devil-worshipping Satanist witch! The rule of law in this country has been eliminated! There's money to be made here. People are dying that don't need to. They are trying to manufacture anger. I lost everything I ever worked for. I miss my dad all the time. This is really pulling people in. I'm never going to talk to him again.
They never cover any of it. But they never do. Because all they cover is J6. This is a great thread I've had for a while. It is by GOP Pounce. The idea that 1-6 was this rare instance of violence that was a unique threat against their democracy is ridiculous. But the left has droned on and on about this unique political violence. Let me take you on a journey. The bomb completely destroyed the area it was placed in and could have caused untold harm. This is 1983 Senate bombing. Sorry, this didn't count. It was leftist political violence. Five people shot, including Republican congressperson in 2017. Oops, my bad. That was a Republican that was shot. Oh, how about the time the protesters stormed the Supreme Court? I played it on the show. Crap, that's a leftist one too. Jeez, they're all starting to see a pattern. Or the time that they tried to breach the White House and they had to put up the president who was a media in the bunker. Remember that? They made fun of it. This goes on and on. When hasn't the left been violent? I don't remember a time in my life. You can go back to World Trade, WTO protest, Occupy Wall Street. You name it, they were violent. We've had three months of violence. Media is just not covering it. We have an incessant amount of violence coming from the simple fact that we're letting immigrants come across the border. We don't know shit about these people. And then there's the violence they're doing to our kids in the form of transgenderism. Day 61 of being a girl. Excuse me, that's kind of my thing, but we can do it together. Day 61 of being a girl, and we are in fact two different people. Some people on TikTok don't believe that we're not the same person. We're here to set the record straight. We're queer. What is it about us that people find so similar? Is it our brown hair? Is it the same sunglasses? Is it our smiles? Is it our crop top? Is it our musical theater degrees? Love ya. My name is Dr. Jasmine Reese. I'm the director of the Adolescent and Young Adult Specialty Clinic here at Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital. Hi there, how are you? I really love working with adolescents because this is such a unique age where so many changes are happening. What I do here at the Adolescent Specialty Clinic is see teenagers and young adults ages 12 to 21 years old. Okay, now big breath. We really see them for a variety of reasons. Sometimes those are for reproductive health reasons. We also work with teens that are struggling with mental health concerns, so those are things like um, depression, anxiety, um, even ADHD. We also see teens for um, other reasons like chronic pain, chronic abdominal pain, headaches, acne. This is a referral-based clinic where we're not doing primary care. We're really taking the time to focus on those adolescent needs. Do you feel like you have a good solid group of friends that you like? We do a really good job at taking time to ask them really detailed and personal questions related to their emotions, their mental well-being. We really try to create a safe space here um, to allow them to do that. And so part of that visit really entails having the parents step out of the room for a few minutes so that we can really understand the teen a little bit more and create that confidential safe space for them. Did you have any questions about any of those options? We'll take time to um, not only speak with the teen, but also speak with the parent independently. I didn't touch you, I man. I just not that long ago and I can't stand another man touching me. Well, no 
did that. Is this a prank? Dad, he won't go away. He You're needs to go away. He's the fucking problem. I need to leave? No, no, Just no. Welcome. We'll take it to the I still location. got, I still got, okay. Let's, let's she threw some location. of my stuff. Okay. We'll just Where is she still? I hell if I know. I'm so sorry. We're just not, not sorry. She wasn't sorry when she cut in line Fuck and then you. screamed. I didn't see you. To make it. Oh, I just asked her if she saw just anyone leave. in line. Just fucking leave. Just go. That's leave. an adult. You're making it worse. Let's just walk up. I'm just yeah. talking. Walk up to the Walk with Chris. Walk with Chris. Yeah. Just, just to calm everything down. and I'm here as a representative from Gays Against Groomers Coalition with over 250,000 followers across social media and as the uncle of two students in your district. It has come to our attention that the district intends to teach transgenderism to children under the age of 10 without parental consent. If I were to teach your child about my sexuality without your consent or involvement, I'd be arrested. But when the school district does it, it's education. Districts are teaching transgenderism when they should be teaching science, math, and language. Instead, Teachers are hiding student pronouns from their parents under the guise of gender affirmation. Can you imagine the uproar if schools were evangelizing or baptizing children without parental consent? Isn't that sort of what you're doing? You don't tuck these children in at night. You don't teach them to stand up to bullies. You don't pay their medical bills. And you certainly don't hold their hands in the hospital. These parents do. Simple truths based in science need to be upheld for our society to flourish. The gross indoctrination we're seeing is creating a lifetime of medication and hormones because you can't simply pause puberty. Men cannot become women and sex chromosomes are encoded into the fabric of our DNA. Simply affirming a teenager's gender is akin to affirming anorexia. Both are body dysmorphic disorders, yet we don't teach the starving teenagers how to binge and purge or affirm that they are indeed overweight. 
However, school districts, including yours, seem to have no issue secretly teaching girls that they can be boys because they feel uncomfortable in their bodies. A grown adult woman can't get a hysterectomy without extensive medical forms and doctor's visits. But Dr. Safir over the hill in Sherman Oaks is willing to do top and bottom surgery, sterilizing children for life. Parents must be a part of the education process when teaching sexuality to students, and it definitely doesn't need to happen under the age of 10 years old. They were touching their crotch. They were spreading their legs. This isn't Chattanooga. That, that isn't in a blue town. It's Chattanooga. Virginia bars boys from going to girls' room. The media's apoplectic. Arizona schools offer secret sex chat rooms for kids. Air Force Academy focuses on training cadets on gender-inclusive language. And then we have this. This. Man, we're, we're just sick. Hi, fish. Come here. Oh, you need a name. Let's see. Wait a second. What gender are you? A person who is transgender is someone whose internal sense of their gender, being a boy, girl, or something else, doesn't match their physical body. People who feel this way sometimes feel anxious when they begin to reach puberty and their body starts to change in ways that don't match their internal sense of their gender. These feelings are totally normal. If you feel you want more time to explore how you feel about your gender before your body starts to change, it's important to talk with a parent, counselor, therapist, or doctor about the feelings you have regarding your gender. After some discussion and counseling, you may be referred to an endocrinologist. Endocrinologists specialize in hormones, and they are the most likely to prescribe puberty blockers for someone who wants them. Puberty blockers are medications that will stop your body from changing. They are usually given as an injection or an implant. They block the production of hormones to stop or delay the physical changes of puberty. The effects of the medication are only temporary, so if a person stops using puberty blockers, the physical changes of puberty will begin again. Whether you identify as male, female, genderqueer, or something else, you're perfectly normal, and there are lots of ways to manage puberty so that it can be a fun, exciting time, rather than a scary or stressful one. Okay, maybe you need more time to get to know yourself first. I'll just call you Bubbles for now. Till next time, don't forget to visit me at amaze.org or go to my YouTube channel to watch more. Bye! This shit is so bad. The Wall Street Journal, every tomboy is tra tagged as transgender now. Every one of them. You you no longer have just girls like to do boy stuff. They're marks. 
because they are grooming. And when Bill Maher says the following, folks, wow. And finally, new rule, you can get creative with a novel, a TV show, or a movie, but history books, that's not supposed to be fan fiction. How we teach our kids history has become a big controversy these days, with liberals accusing conservatives of wanting to whitewash the past, and sometimes that's true, sometimes they do. But plenty of liberals also want to abuse history to control the present. And last month, a scholar named James Sweet caught hell for calling them out for doing just that. He criticized a phenomenon known as presentism, which means judging everyone in the past by the standards of the present. It's the belief that people who lived 100 or 500 or 1,000 years ago really should have known better. Which is so stupid. It's like getting mad at yourself for not knowing what you know now when you were 10. <laughs> stupid me, spending all that time raising sea monkeys and... <laughs> <clears throat> playing with slot cards and jerking off to a playboy in the barn. <clears throat> Who doesn't have moments from your past that make you cringe? Who hasn't said, I can't believe I said that? I can't believe I wore that? I can't believe I thought that. I can't believe I did that. You ate dirt. You wanted to be a Ghostbuster. You shoplifted gum. You tried to be a white breakdancer. You... you wanted to marry Scott Baio. I read Anne Rand. I smoked. I was into numerology. <laughs> yes, because we hadn't then grown into the persons we would become. And humanity writ large is just the collective version of that. Did Columbus commit atrocities? Of course. But people back then were generally atrocious. <laughs> Everybody who could afford one had a slave including people of color. The way people talk about slavery these days, you'd think it was a uniquely American thing that we invented in 1619. But slavery throughout history has been the rule, not the exception. The Sumerians, the Egyptians, the Greeks, Romans, the Arabs, British, the early Americans, all the way up through R. Kelly. <laughs> The Holy Bible is practically an owner's manual for slaveholders. The word slave comes from Slav, because so many Slavic people were enslaved, and they're as white as the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> Who do you think gathered the slaves from the interior of Africa to sell to slave traders? Africans who also kept their own slaves. We're a species prone to making others of our species our bitch. <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. Humans are not good people. <laughs> <laughs> and the capacity for cruelty is a human thing, not a white thing. That's the truth, even though it doesn't jibe with the current narrative. 
But in today's world, when truth conflicts with narrative, it's the truth that has to apologize. Being woke is like a magic moral time machine where you judge everybody against what you imagine you would have done in 1066, and you always win. <laughs> Presentism. Yeah, this professor is right. It's just a way to congratulate yourself about being better than George Washington because you have a gay friend and he didn't. <laughs> but... <clears throat> but if he was alive today, he would too. And if you weren't alive, if you were alive then, you wouldn't. Portland Public Schools has a plan now to teach kids that the idea of gender being mainly binary was brought here by white colonizers. The curriculum guide says, when the United States was colonized by white settlers, their views around gender were forced upon the people already living here. <gasps> Not even Star Trek would try that story. <laughs> <laughs> where they discover a planet and give them separate bathrooms. <laughs> it's like they finally discovered a unified theory of wokeness, incorporating all their ideas about race, gay, gender, and colonizers, like the New World was a great big diverse dance club and the pilgrims were the bridge and tunnel crowd who came in and ruined everything. <laughs> There's a play called I, Joan, currently being presented in London, written by Charlie Josephine, who identifies as non-binary and uses they-them pronouns. And it portrays Joan of Arc as, surprise, non-binary with they-them pronouns. <laughs> Which, if you think about it, makes even less sense because Joan, being French, spoke a language where every noun is masculine or feminine. Joan says in the play, I'm not a girl, I don't fit that word, as if she's a character on Euphoria. Now, it's true, Joan of Arc did wear pants, but that's what the soldiers wore, and she was soldiering. But in the retelling, Joan would rather die than stop wearing men's clothing. Okay, Joan of Arc wasn't executed by the fashion police. Her trial went on for over two months. We have the transcript. And not once did she complain about being misgendered. She had bigger fish to fry, like herself. <laughs> Too soon, it was 1431. <laughs> Which is not to say that there isn't truth to the old rubric that history is written by the winners, and it is subjective. Napoleon said history is just a fable we all agree on. And he should know because he was a deaf woman named Diane. <laughs> but it's also true that much of history is indisputably factual because we have artifacts and coins and birth records and archaeology and somebody in Mesopotamia kept a record of how much grain they ate. It's not all up in the air to change or delete or make up based on what makes you feel better today. A couple of years ago, they made a movie called The Aeronauts about the scientists who broke the record for the highest altitude in a balloon. In fact, they were both men. But the movie made one of them a woman because, as the director explained, representation is important. <laughs> so true. 
women never get enough credit for the things they didn't do. I think Meryl Streep should play Seabiscuit so every girl will know she too can grow up to be a racehorse. All right. It's all agenda. Everything we see every day, everything that is factual or unfactual, it is through the lens of the blue lens. They will protect their own, redefine words. It really doesn't matter. So, to a lighter fare, my boy Noah Gregson has now won four races in a row, and I got to give him his due. Austin Hill. Some slow on the racetrack now, like Almondinger, trying to hang on to a lead lap finish here and a top eight finish. But it's going to be four in a row. Noah Gregson does it. Thirty-nine years. Since that has happened in the Xfinity series. Sam Hart did it back in 1983. Noah Gregson has done it in 2022. Dude's on a rampage. He's doing really, 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 really good. So, going to do our, uh, this is American, close this pig out. This is a, probably not a smart thing to do, but it's grounded on truth. But you will be seeing a lot of this from the media, because I think they know the submerged voters are out there, and they're not going to win the landslide that they're saying they are now, and they know it's going to be a red landslide. So, they're asking about impeachment of Biden. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. Republicans uh, pitch Kevin McCarthy put out his pitch uh, for they called it a commitment to America on this and, and part of it in there was accountability and it's kind of vague but you've heard some of the details and I know you've talked about the idea that there may be a special select committee Do you expect in, an impeachment vote against President Biden if Republicans take over the house I believe there's a lot of pressure on Republicans to have that vote, to put that that legislation forward and to have that vote. I think that is uh, something that some folks are considering. Wow. Again, I'm someone who wants to 
Yeah, I want to follow the Constitution. It's really important. Oversight's important. But when I think of oversight of the federal government, I'm thinking about the waste to the fraud and abuse for the COVID-19 funding. You saw this administration just charge 44 people with a crime of stealing from the federal government $250 million. Those are the kinds of things that we need to make sure we have oversight on. Getting to the origins of COVID-19, better understanding how it happened, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, we wanna make sure that it doesn't happen again, at least in our lifetime. And we're keeping everyone safe in our country and around the world too. But if these impeach Biden votes come up, how are you gonna vote? Again, I'm going to read how that bill is filed, what's in it, what evidence there was. I didn't vote to impeach the former president of the United States because I felt like due process was stripped yeah. away. I will not vote for impeachment of any president if I feel that due process has been stripped away for anyone. And I voted, I typically vote constitutionally, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of who's in power. I want to do the right thing for the long term because this isn't just about today, tomorrow, mm -hmm. this year's election. This is about the future of democracy. This is about protecting our constitution. This is a pro about protecting our freedoms and making sure my children yeah. and your children, everyone, their grandchildren, too, grow up in the best country that it can be. And we have to work together um, and figure figure out the path forward because the far fringes, the far right, yeah. far left, isn't going to cut so, it for the vast majority of Americans I, today. I can't get over the first Compared to Trump, that's 100%. He does need to be impeached. But I want to say across the board, you probably shouldn't be saying that before the midterms. Win the power, then do what you got to do. But you probably shouldn't be crowing about it. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Go to FOPPodcast.com. We can find this track and all tracks and videos by going to Rumble or SoundCloud. As you can tell, I'm a little more lower energy. Um, going through some more batteries of test. I They don't have a clue what's wrong. I flew out of socket sunday and monday start coming back yesterday a little better today but it's been kind of rough um they think i have some kind of autoimmune deficiency thing but i don't know what it is all i know is the littlest things it was crystal light made me sick i drank some crystal light over two days i drank two quarts of it and it was watered down but it it's the only thing i could figure that did it um, so I was a pretty sick critter. So trying to keep the shows also over, under 130 uh, or an hour and 30 minutes. I, I've been paying attention to, of course, all the podcasts. I don't listen to my podcast. I listen to other ones. And two hours is a long podcast. It's hard to do in one sitting. So I'm looking really hard into the future to try to condense down. I make some comments, but don't make it so long-winded. And we don't end up with two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour monsters because... Um, by the time I'm getting to it, I'm sure everybody already saw Stacey Abrams and you've heard everybody else talk about it. And me talking about it isn't, you know, it's at the ass end of a bunch of other better, better punditry than I. But uh, wanted to get one in. So we're looking at, uh, let's go with Sunday the 2nd. We'll do a show on the 2nd. Um, Hopefully it's changed some topics. I didn't go back to immigration because I'm kind of sick of it. Um, but I'm still going to try going forward to keep it less sound bites, pick some choice ones, and that's it. So for those that keep listening, I thank you so much. Share it with family and friends. And uh, we'll talk on Sunday. Until then, take care.